When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Obviously, the big story yesterday uh, was the selection of the Socceroos 26-man squad for the World Cup. Like any squad, there was some unlucky to miss out. There was uh, some great stories in the squad as well. And Vince Regari uh, was the one that broke the story yesterday morning. That's probably the biggest shock omission, goalkeeper Mitch Langerak. He's been good enough to join us this morning as we look at the squad. What's right? What's wrong? And uh, who should be the most disappointed? Uh, morning, Vince. Thanks for your, uh, Afternoon, Vince. Thanks for your time. No, no worries, mate. How are you? Very, very good. Now, you broke the story yesterday about Mitch Langerak. You, now we've heard what Graham Arnold said, his explanation. Does it does it sit any more comfortably with you, or do you still think this is a, a very, very strange call? Uh, not really for me, to be honest. I, I, I think it was a yeah, a strange call. And, um, look, if they weren't going to pick Mitch Langerak for the World Cup, I think they should have just left him alone. Um, he was happily retired from international football, um, very keen, from my understanding, to, to cheer the boys on from afar. None of them have a problem with him. He's not some sort of uh, disruptive force. But, you know, they brought him back. And um, and objectively, uh, he's number one, if not number two. And, you know, he's in the top two best goalkeepers Australia has right now at the moment. And that's no disrespect to the other guys who have made the squad or the other guys who are who are having a crack. That's just how good he's been going in Japan for so long. Um and so to recall him from international retirement, to look at him as a potential, you know, emergency option if one of the other guys got injured between, um, you know, uh, the end of June or wherever it was and they qualified to um, to the World Cup itself, I think is a little bit insulting for Mitch, to be honest. I think the whole process could have been handled uh, a little bit better. Uh, and uh, Graham Arnold got a lot right yesterday, in my opinion, with the squad. Um uh, it's a really exciting squad, but for me, I'm, I'm not having the explanation um, around uh, that it was John Crawley's call, the goalkeeping coach. I'm sure it was, absolutely. Um, but Arnie needs to take some responsibility there. He took all the took a lot of the plaudits when we beat Peru in the penalty shootout. He said yesterday, "I'm not a I'm not an expert on goalkeeping." Well, in June, it certainly seemed like he was when there <laughs> were yep. there was a bit of a bit of glory to bask in. So. Yeah, it was. It's just taken a little bit of a, a gloss off yesterday for me. Mitch is a very popular person mm. in Australian football. A lovely guy. I think he deserved better. Um, but you know, we're, we're taking three fantastic goalkeepers as well. Is the other side of it? That's for sure. So, I mean, one of the suggestions was you know jobs for the boys because he's got a great relationship with Danny Vukovic. Is that completely unfair? Uh, yeah, I think it is a little bit unfair. Um, but at the same time, you know, John Crawley has worked with um, Matt Ryan, Andrew Redmayne, and Mitch Lang... Uh, not Mitch Langerak, sorry. Um, Danny Vukovic for a long time. So he knows these guys really well. So you could look at it as jobs for the boys, but you can also look at it for, um, you know, he's a particular goalkeeping coach with particular methods, and these guys know his system very well. Um, and that's completely fine. 
if that's the route they wanted to go down, that's completely fine. I just reckon they shouldn't have bothered Mitch Langerak to begin with to get him out of international retirement. There are other guys I think they could have looked at. If all they were looking for was uh, someone to come in if one of those guys was going to be injured, I think there's guys who are capable. Uh, Lawrence Thomas at Western Sydney Wanderers is a great goalkeeper and, um, you know, got his best years ahead of him. Joe Gauchy coming through at Adelaide United is one for the future, absolutely. Uh, Mark Birrigidi used to be, uh, last season, I think he was the goalkeeper of the year in the A-League, left the Mariners to go to Scotland at Dundee United. Uh, and that's turned out a bit of a disaster for him, to be honest. But I think he's back in the team and doing okay. So there's other options there. So if they're looking for a third, fourth, fifth-string goalkeeper, I don't think they needed to even, you know, convince Mitch Langerak to come out of retirement there. Speaking with Vince Agari from the Sydney Morning Herald about the Socceroos squad, uh, Tommy Rogic left out. Any any issue with that, or do you feel you know Tommy has been his his own worst enemy over the last six to nine months, changing clubs, not being available for the, the crucial last set of qualifiers. It's sort of he's sort of got himself to blame, really. Yeah, I'm okay with that call. To be honest, I think that's the right call. Um, as good as a player Tommy Rogic is, and as good as he's been for the Socceroos for many years. Um, this is a very particular World Cup, you know. The players are going to land, um, start start landing this coming weekend, as in my, thankfully. Um, and then they've got a week after that to prepare for their first game. So it's not like other World Cups where you get three, three and a half weeks in camp where blokes who aren't playing can, can you know, gather up a bit of steam and stuff like that and rehab injuries. You've got to be fit. You've got to get ready. And there's three-day turnaround. It's not five like a normal World Cup. So in that context... I think it would have been a real punt to pick Tom Rogic because just hasn't been playing enough. We don't know how fit he is. And there are other guys who deserve to be picked. Like for me, it uh, looks like uh, Keanu Bacchus, Riley Magria, the other options who've been picked in that attacking midfield role as sort of backup to Aidan Krustich. And that's fair enough. Those guys have been on fire in their, in their respective competitions overseas and, and Tommy Rogic hasn't. And that's, that's a shame because he's a fantastic player, but you've got to reward currency in form, in my opinion, not just go with reputation. Um, and that, that's where he falls short. Just on that, Vince, you mentioned this is a, you know, this is a very different World Cup, the timing of the year, given it's, you know, you know mid, not midway, but a fair way into seasons all around the world, shorter turnarounds between games. Do you think that's going to lead to some more unpredictable results in this World Cup, or the cream will just rise to the top like it always does? Yeah, I, I think there's I think the answer is both, to be honest. I reckon there's about six teams, uh, and it's a, it's a hard one to pick, to be honest, who's going to win it. There's about six uh, who I reckon can, can give it a margin. To be honest, that's no different from most years, is it really? But I do think there's going to be some funny things happening at this World Cup because of all this stuff, you know? Um, there's going to be guys who no one expected to be playing well come in and do well. You know, there's guys who are going to be struggling to perform at their clubs, whatever club that happens to be over the world who might turn in a shocker. I, I, think, I think there's going to be some shocks in this World Cup for sure. That The country is unfamiliar for a lot of nations, especially European nations that have not been there. Fortunately, we have many times. It was our home away from home, Qatar, during qualifying. Um, yeah, I, I just get the sense there's going to be some weird and wacky results of this World Cup. How deep they go in the tournament, I don't know. But I'm, I'm definitely prepared for a, for a shock or two, and hopefully they fall in our favour. When the squad was announced yesterday, who were you most pleased for that, that made the squad? Oh, good question. Uh, there's, there's about half a dozen selections there that I'm wrapped about. But, look, personally, I'm, I'm thrilled to see Garang Quall yep. and Jason Cummings in there. Um, those two uh, are really exciting players. 
Uh, really ripping blokes too. Garang is just like totally unflappable. None of the hype that surrounds him for the last nine months or so bothers him one bit. It's 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 amazing. And Jason Cummings is hilarious, but he's also turned his career around in, in a remarkable way that a lot of people who don't follow Australian soccer very closely wouldn't understand. This guy was this guy was uh, he, he's seen as a has been, in, or actually it never was probably in Scotland. Um, uh, he did some silly things off the field in terms of, you know, drinking, public acts and stuff. Nothing too criminal or anything like that. But he was just basically seen as as, as a larrikin who, who didn't know how to how to rein it in and concentrate on his football. So he comes out here. His mum's Aussie. Uh, his brother has lived in Perth for a little while playing NPL football over there. And he's come here with the right attitude. He's got himself fit. He's playing consistent football for the Mariners. And he's bought into Australian football and the whole culture here with the Socceroos and the A-League. He cares about it. He's a, he's a great club man at the Mariners. And for me to see him get a, a what's really a second crack in international football for him, because he did play one or two friendlies for Scotland about five or six years ago, that's just a great story for me. So I'm, so I'm really, really happy about him. And I think him and Garang, if they ever get on the field together for the Socceroos, they've got a, a really nice chemistry going that we've seen for the Mariners uh, in recent weeks. And there's something there for Australia, I think, too. What have you made of the whole situation around Christian Volpato? He put up a really nice Instagram today just explaining that you know, there's a lot of speculation about his um, you know, international future, but right now he's not ready to, to make that decision. And Graham Arnold was pretty honest. He said he'd be in the squad. He gave him a couple of hours to think about it before he declined. Um, how have you sort of read the whole situation and can you see him being a socceroo down the track or is it just, it's just too hard to predict at this stage? It's, it's it's a bit hard to call, but I, I'd say it's more unlikely than likely. Um, I, I can't pretend I'm not disappointed with it. Um, he's obviously a great player with a big future ahead of him. Um, but at 18 years old, he's made the decision to turn down a World Cup. Not not the, not the maybe of a World Cup, not a not a possibility of a World Cup, but a plane ticket to the World Cup next week. And for me, that's a, that's a massive call to make. Mm. I know people will say he's only 18. And he hasn't made his mind up yet. Well, look, I think about when I was that sort of age, and sure, I was never an athlete, but I definitely knew where my heart lied. Yeah. Um, or laid. And Craig Moore has made a similar comment not too long ago on Twitter, saying, you know, he got he got asked at eighteen to play for England for, um, but but uh, Terry Venables, and he said no because he dreamed of playing for the Soccer Roots. So it really comes down to what what's inside Christian's heart, and if it's Italy, then he should go and pursue that. Um, and I think he should be should be honest about it. And if he falls short, because there's no guarantees in life or football, obviously, so he might be on this great path right now, but just because he is doesn't mean he's he's on a guaranteed conveyor belt for the Azuri. That's not how it works. So there's a chance he could come back to us four years down the track. The question for us then will be, do we want to accept a player who's not fully committed to the Socceroos or, or had second thoughts when not just a jersey was dangled in front of him, but a bloody World Cup spot? Yeah. I mean, that's massive. Um, so I, I think it's time for us to move on really on him. Um, there's some other players coming through. There's a lot of excitement about the next generation of Australian footballers who are coming through the A-League at the moment and um, some doing really well overseas. And, you know, this World Cup will go and it's time for us to look at look at them and, and concentrate on them um, instead of Christian. Although we'll still take some some pride in what Christian does in football and I certainly will as, a, as an Italian as well of, of my heritage. I, I get to follow him either way. I do wish, though, that he would be with us for this World Cup. Well, I think that's a fair point you make. I mean, regardless of the talent, you shouldn't have to 
try and convince someone to play more well, for their country? I wouldn't have thought so. No, no, not at all. I mean, for me, it, it makes sense to hedge your bets and and be a little bit transactional when it comes to club football, right? Because that's you know that's your bread and butter, that's your salary, that's 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 football, right? But for me, the international game is still a very romantic uh, thing and it's an emotional thing. And I think you've got to go where your heart's telling you to go. And at the end of the day, if his, if his heart is not telling him to go for Australia, if his heart is telling him to hesitate about the possibility of playing for the Socceroos at a World Cup, then he's made the right call. And I think Arnie's done the right thing in offering him that to get a little bit of clarity in terms of what he's thinking. Um, and that's the way it is, unfortunately. So, you know, everyone, everyone looks at these things differently as well, right? Like, you know, uh, which country you belong to is such a subjective thing. And, you know, I might feel about one way, but, you know, my cousins might think about it another way. And, you know, person to person, it's very different. And, and it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to lecture people about this and, and say, you should have done this, you should have done that. You can only call it from your perspective. So that's the way I see it. And uh, I, I wish Christian all the best. Always tough. It's been to Vince Regari from the Sydney Morning Herald. Always tough to tell players they're not in a World Cup squad. But the the, the dynamic between Trent Sainsbury and Graham Arnold is fascinating, given it is his son-in-law. But, but was it was this just a common sense decision? And if you take away the, the family ties, it it wouldn't have been that hard a decision for Graham Arnold. Or was this a tough call for for him, regardless? Uh, look, a, a bit of both. I, I, I thought Arnie was going to pick Trent. Uh, and I didn't think you should pick him. I think Arnie's made the right call here. Um, Trent's a little bit lucky in terms of if Harry Sutar and Kai Rolls were both fit um, and had played a lot of football in the last however many months as they've been injured, uh, Trent would be a long way back in the conversation for me. So, um, you know, I think the, the question marks around them open the door for him a little bit, but I look at the people who have been selected and, and I can't put Trent ahead of them based on his recent form um, he played for the Socceroos in that first friendly in New Zealand two months ago, and his first 20 minutes were, were, were really poor, to be honest. Um, he's a fantastic player whose career should have taken him to greater heights um, than what they have. But the World Cup's not about what you could have been or should have been. Mm. It's about who you are right now. And for me, uh, Milos Dejanek, Thomas Deng, who's a terrific player, has just won promotion from the Japanese second tier with his club. They go ahead of him. Kai Rolls and Harry Sutar. Harry's just played 90 minutes uh, this morning. Yeah, in City, So he's made his official return, which is fantastic. Kai Rolls is back playing as well. He got a few minutes off the bench uh, for Hearts, I think, in their last game. So they're, they're going to be fit. The questions about them are going to be about match fitness. Um, but if they're fit, I think Arnie's made the right call here with Trent. He just hasn't shown enough recently. And it's a, it's a big call to make, obviously, with the family dynamics, as you say. But that's, that's why Arnie gets paid the big bucks. And, he, and he's pulled the right rein there for me. As you mentioned, off the top, it's an exciting squad and there's some young talent come, coming through. So looking at the World Cup and the opponents we've got to face, what's the strength in this squad and then obviously in, in the starting 11s that they picked that, that might trouble, whether it's France, whether it's Denmark or whether it's Tunisia? Yeah, good question. It's definitely not our strongest soccer squad. I mean, when you compare it to past ones. And the group's really tough, right? Like France are France, Denmark... Uh, dark horses to win the whole thing. They've got a, a fantastic squad, for sure. Uh, and Tunisia are no mugs either. I think they beat Japan 4-0 not too long ago in Japan. So if we're looking at them as easy beats, we, we might be doing them a, 
them and ourselves a little bit of a disservice. Um, for me, the, the strength is if they can if they can conjure up that that spirit that that sort of manic nature about them that they showed in June in the playoffs against Peru in the UAE, where everything was on the line and they played like like absolute maniacs. To be honest, it was great. It was relentless. They're pressing. They're pressure. They're tackling. Okay, the football itself wasn't super flash and. and you know, we, we got there by the skin of our teeth, really, by, by winning a penalty shootout. But if we can bring that vibe and then in a second half throw in blokes like Garan Quoll, Jason Cummings, Jamie McLaren, who, okay, the, the opponents might know a little bit about McLaren, but they probably don't know heaps about Quoll and Cummings. Um, and and Quoll just gives me... I, I know he's got so long to go in his career, right? Um, hasn't even started an A-League match for the Mariners. But every game I've seen him in where he's come off the bench... He's changed it. And at some point, you just got to make a call that it's, it, this kid is special. It's not, the, it's not the fact he's playing against poor opposition. It's not any of that. He's done it for the Mariners. He's done it for Australia against New Zealand. He did it for the A-League All-Stars against Barcelona. And for me, I think our best chance of nabbing something are, you know, second half of the yeah. game, Thoron Goranski. Uh, and, you know, he's got... I spoke to Harry Kewell about a week ago about this, and he said, you know... If you've got someone on the bench who's got pace that can really frighten defenders, that's that's the most potent weapon to have. Um, and uh, that, that's that's I think how, how we're going to go about it. You know, we're going to we're probably going to sit back. We're going to sit back, but we're also going to get in the opponent's face with our pressing and our pressure. And then we're, we're hopefully going to kind of pin something on the counter. And um, and Garang, for me, looks like our best outlet, along with uh, Aidan Kristic and Martin Boyle, who are fantastic players as well, but also coming off injury clouds. Uh, so hopefully they'll be 100 percent fit. Arnie said he's made a few risks with his selection in terms of injured blokes. We'll see how that goes, but but that's how I see our, our best chance of playing our drills. Uh, last one before I let you go, Vince. I think I heard you say at the start of the interview you're off to the World Cup. Um, what are you expecting from this World Cup? I think most of the world agrees it's it's not the venue for it. It's not the right time. Set Blatter's finally come around to the fact of what the rest of the world is thinking and that it wasn't the right decision to award it to Qatar. Well, what are you expecting from this World Cup? Uh, hard to say. I've never been to Qatar. Um, I hear it's nice and I hear the people are lovely uh, and I hear the hospitality is fantastic. Uh, we'll see when we land, obviously. I don't know if I've got the fondest uh, opinion of Australians anymore after the Socceroos statement uh, of protest a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think there's positives to this World Cup. I think it's actually good that they've taken it to a Middle Eastern country. There's no reason why we shouldn't be doing that. They're, you know, they're a significant part of the world as well. Um, and I think it's actually, you know, I'm hoping it's not going to be gridlock on the streets and long lines to get into anywhere that sells you a beer because you're going to have 1.2 million people travelling <laughs> there for this tournament apparently. And it's all going to be condensed into one small area the size of, really, the Sydney suburban sprawl. That's how big it is. Um, but there's benefits to that because, you know, you can go to literally any game. Um, you don't have to fly across the country like you would in a place like Germany or Brazil or Russia. It's all right there. So there's, there's real benefits to that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just wish the whole process and lead up wasn't shrouded in controversy, corruption allegations, uh, questions about human rights and LGBTQI rights. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's the way it's happened and people will use their voices to, you know, say what they really think about these things and, and players might, you know, protest on the field and all this sort of stuff. But in terms of the tournament itself, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I do wish it was 
held somewhere else, or at the very least, though, you know, uh, a much better and fairer process that, that ran through it. But uh, unfortunately, I don't get to make those calls, mate. No, that's right. Uh, well, Vince, Maybe one day. Yeah, one day. One day. Just make your way up through uh, FIFA. <laughs> hey, Vince, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a great chat, and uh, enjoy the World Cup. We all love a World Cup, and no matter the timing or the venue, so it should be fantastic football. Thanks again for your time. My pleasure, mate. Thank you. Vince Regari from the Sydney Morning Herald. Let's get uh, the latest from the newsroom. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.